Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 51. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through technology and other tidbits that I find interesting, sometimes design stuff, (laughs) not as much uh, as I kind of stated last time, but either way, this is being recorded on Wednesday, January 9th, and will be released on Thursday, January 10th, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along. There's also a comment section on every show notes page if you want to leave feedback there or email me at steve at pixelswim.com or hit me up, uh, like I said, on any of those social media sites like Twitter and Google Plus, God rest its soul soon to be. Anyway, all right, so let's dive into our weekly notes and feedback and links and stuff. Got a lot in this section this week, and I just wanted to lead off (laughs) with a little bit of... um, I just wanted to lead off with the I watched the NFL here in the US. I'm in the Chicago area. I've been a Chicago Bears fan. That's American football. And I've been a Bears fan my entire life. And I'm just a little bit heartbroken after this last last Sunday night. The the Bears had a great season going, started in the first game of the playoffs. And yeah, I'm a little heartbroken because right at the end of the game, right when they're about to seal it, they were down by one ready to kick a field goal and the the uh, kicker hit the upright top upright and the bottom upright and ball bounced out so the season's over for the bears and it kind of hit me a little harder than i thought it would it was a real bummer just to watch them go down like that but they had a great season and like i said i'm just a little heartbroken about that i just want i don't know why i wanted to lead off with that it's like leading off with bad news uh at least for me uh, if you're a an eagles fan a philadelphia eagles fan then I'm sure you're slightly happy, uh, just as shocked, but in a positive way. So either way, I just wanted to put that out there. I am a Bears fan and I'm I'm, I'm slowly getting over it, but uh, I still watch the rest of the playoffs just uh, maybe with a little less stress now because <laughs> I was pretty stressed out for that Bears game. But either way, let's move on to the actual feedback from episode 50. There wasn't a, a ton, but there was po- very positive feedback after my 50th episode because I kind of did a little bit of a like an extravaganza, quote unquote, for that with sound effects and everything. So I just wanted to thank the people that kind of congratulated me on the 50th episode. So thanks to Ted Salmon, who I believe on MeWe actually left a comment on my the MeWe post for this for episode 50. And thank thanks, Ted, for that. And thanks to Kyle Helms, who reached out via Twitter. Uh, direct message to say uh, thing, something along the same lines, you know, uh, for that. And also thanks to Mike Latore, who reached out via email. <laughs> and I appreciate all the kind words from Mike. And thanks to Simon Nobbs, who responded on Twitter. So we've got feedback coming in from all directions, all sorts of social media feedback stuff. So I really appreciate the that uh, the 50th episode. Again, it was crazy to get there, and now we're on 51, and next time will be 52, which will make one year since I started, Uh, obviously 52 weeks, and so trying to think of something special to do for that one too, because that's a milestone, one year (laughs) that I've dedicated to this, and haven't strayed off of it, even though it hasn't all been great, but I didn't expect it to all be great, so I'm just happy, just happy to be here. But either way, thanks to everybody for that feedback. And I did forget on episode 48, and I think it was actually after episode 49 came out, 
uh, Frank Needhart had left some more feedback on episode 48. I believe this was my before Christmas special when I went over all of my eBay purchase history and I asked what everybody's favorite tech purchase was or biggest tech purchase was for 2018. And he actually came back and left feedback after episode 49. And so he said for him, he has to admit that his, and this is regards to his favorite tech purchase is the Apple AirPods. He says expensive as hell, (laughs) but they're so convenient if used with other Apple devices, even on Android, they aren't bad, but some features are missing like in-ear detection. So, yeah, I appreciate, Frank, uh, you leaving that feedback about your favorite tech purchase. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about the AirPods. And I think Apple has done it right as far as wireless headphones go and being able to charge them really easily, having the little case for them. They are tempting to try out uh, that they're not, you know, obviously the cheapest headphones, but it's one of those things where you invest in it because it's a, it's a little bit easier. So and in regards to Frank saying that, you know, you lose some features on Android, I did post back to Frank because somebody in the PSC community had actually posted that there is an app called Assistant Trigger, which brings most of the iOS functionality to Android for those AirPods. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that app if you have AirPods and you're on Android. If you're one of those folks, I don't know what the what the numbers would be on that. But either way, it looks like it brings back a lot of the features for the AirPods, like in-ear detection, double double tap to trigger Google Assistant, double tap to play pause, second double tap to trigger Google Assistant, something like that different things that you can do with the AirPods on iOS that you can't necessarily do on Android, I guess. So there I get this app is supposedly supposed to help fill that gap. I don't know if it does. (laughs) I just am passing on the info that I found on PSC. So but either way, thanks again, Frank, for leaving that feedback on episode 48. Uh, Again, anybody else want to leave if you want to leave feedback at pixelswim.com. It's always appreciated. So All right, so I know that CES is going on in Las Vegas this week. That is the Consumer Electronics Show. And that's not just phones, but it's all sorts of electronics. Like There are some phones, I believe, but it's not the focus of the show usually. But usually with CES, I don't really follow along as it's happening because there's just way too many things and way too much info to trying and keep up with where basically it just becomes too overwhelming to try and keep up with everything. So usually I'll wait till till CES is over and then go through and try and find some wrap ups. (laughs) Like I I actually did it already. I watched the wrap up of the Samsung event. And so basically the, the Verge posts the video where they break down these events for each of the big names like Samsung and they break it down into like a nine minute video. I don't know how long the actual presentation was, but they break it down into nine minutes. So you get a really good idea of everything that came out without too much extra stuff, you know, on top of it, on top of the meat of the show. So it's just that's usually what I do. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't even really know when CES is over. It might be over when I'm recording this, but I'll jump online at some point and find some good roundups and see what came out. So, and actually speaking of Las Vegas, and <laughs> I, I just wanted to mention this, a personal note, but I do I do add a bit of technology spin a little bit on this just to 
you know, kind of tie it back into the show. But speaking of Vegas, I've actually been to Las Vegas four times. <laughs> so this has kind of surprised me every time I think about the fact that I've that I've been to Las Vegas four times when it's it's really not necessarily my favorite place, but it's just that it's a place where you kind of just end up going a lot. So originally, I believe, I think I may have been 16 or so. I'm not sure how old I was, but me and my dad and I went to Vegas. He We flew to Vegas to just experience it. And obviously, I was too young to do most of everything, but we did end up going to see not end up, we planned on going to see Siegfried and Roy. So I have seen Siegfried and Roy live in, in Las Vegas at the Mirage. So I remember that trip pretty well. I mean, we walked up and down the strip. I mean, there's a lot to see in Las Vegas. So it wasn't like it was uh, always for me. You know, then we also went to the Hoover Dam. So I've seen the Hoover Dam. And I I remember at the time I did not. And this is how I'm going to tie it back in these for each of these four trips is that I didn't have any sort of cell phone or I don't remember bringing really any technology with me. Maybe, maybe a disc man, <laughs> maybe a, a portable CD player. But that's a problem. I think that's about it. I did not have a cell phone at that point. So that kind of brings me into the, the second time that I went to Las Vegas was actually I went with a couple of my friends when I turned 21. So this was <laughs> now it's like full access to all of Vegas's features and all that stuff. But it really was honestly for me personally, my friends, they had a good time. I actually split up from them for a little while because for for Las Vegas, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't gamble very much. I just it's to me, it's not that I'm necessarily against it. It's, you know, I just it, to me, it's after a certain point, it's, I just don't like giving my money away, you know, but either way, I just remember that trip being kind of just a little bit of a bust, you know, but I do remember that I had my Sony Ericsson T237. That's the second cell phone that I ever had. So this is way back then when I had my my second cell phone. So it was just basic call text and that's about it. So. And actually, that was around the time that I had, I believe I had started dating my wife around that time already. So it was uh, probably about five years after that when I went to Las Vegas the next time. And it was after my wife and I went, our, actually, after we got married, <laughs> we went on our honeymoon to Las Vegas. And the part of the reason we did this was because it was, we, you know, we were planning and doing so much for the wedding that we just wanted somewhere where we could go and not necessarily have to plan anything. You can just go eat, walk around and shop and just sleep and, you know, and just take it easy and not have to worry about planning a whole vacation or honeymoon, that kind of thing. In hindsight, we kind of regret doing that. We kind of wish we had spent the money to go somewhere else. But at the, you know, at the time, which just kind of the decision that we made, but that actually that and that time I had my HTC T-Mobile G1. So I had the first Android phone with me when we went there. I remember that very vividly, and I remember the using Google Maps to get us around. It uh, wasn't, you know, it's kind of a laggy device, but it was good enough to look up places and and go to them. So, and we actually, I, th I believe, we went to the Atomic Museum while we were there that time. So that was really interesting. And yeah, it was, you know, it's overall a pretty decent honeymoon. 
and I we I got sick. I tend to get <laughs> I tend to get sick when I go to Vegas. Or at least the last two times that I went, I was really sick. But either way, yeah, our honeymoon was the third time, and then the fourth time, fourth and final time. Hopefully, last time ever, unless there's some something that draws us there. You uh, you know, there's a lot that goes on in Vegas, so you never know if we're ever gonna go back. But I you know I don't plan. I I'd rather plan on doing other trips before going back to Vegas. But either way, the last time was for my sister-in-law's wedding. And so she got married out in Vegas. She got married by Elvis, classic Vegas wedding. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I was <laughs> really, really sick. Again, when, before we left, I, I was really sick. And I managed to to get through on a steady diet of ibuprofen and vitamin C. So we had the, you know, we, we got to witness the classic Las Vegas wedding and and it was just uh it was fun and we were able to rest and enjoy the hotel room and luckily we weren't there for too long just basically a day or a couple days I think but then we left early and then I actually had the Galaxy Nexus while I was there that time so a little bit upgraded experience for the and as far as Android goes and I believe I had the Nexus S in between that and the T-Mobile G1. So yeah, the Galaxy Nexus. Again, I was super sick. I don't remember using it very well. I don't remember a whole ton from that trip. I just I remember going. We walked by and checked out the. Uh, I believe I believe it's the Heart Attack Cafe or something like that. You know, a cafe that serves super greasy bad food for you. And we didn't we didn't eat there. I mean, I was super sick, so there was no way I was going to eat there. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of go over my my Vegas trips because it's you know just a personal note, but I thought people might enjoy that. And, you know, I threw the phones in there to kind of tie everything back in. So you can't, you can't say that I was off topic necessarily (laughs) either way. Let's move on in the notes here. So as everybody knows, I do, or I have been using my LG G6 as my daily driver still have been, and just been getting on with it really well. So it's been, you know, my phone of choice. Haven't really been lured away by anything recently. Although I did see, I think I saw an LG G7 on uh, the ThingQ on eBay for $279, which was (laughs) slightly, slightly tempting. But uh, I think I'm just going to sit out the notch. So I'm going to and the the G7 has a notch in it. So I'm just sitting out the notch. Just uh, just a personal decision that I've made to not purchase a phone with a notch, which it seems like we're getting slowly uh, away from that now with. Samsung, those Samsung renders coming out with the pinhole or whatever you want to call it for the camera, basically bypassing the notch. So we'll see what, you know, it'll probably be a little while before there's another new flagship that I find intriguing. So, and even then, when the flagship gets released, I'll probably even then still wait a couple of years before I buy it. So it'll be a little while. But either way, I'm uh, using that G6 this week. I actually. I have my eBay cart right now full of a, of a few cases for it. I have four different cases uh, just because I'm, you know, I'm investing in the accessories for it if I'm going to be hanging on to it for a little while. And so I tend to go a little overboard sometimes with the cases. And I think if I actually ordered these four that are in my cart, it would be the most cases I've ever ordered for a phone. So right now I have the in my in my possession, I have the bug droid case, the 
the cruiser light bug droid for the LG G6. That's the one that's on the device right now. I have the dual pro, dual layer pro or whatever it's called by Incipio. I have that case for it. And I have the, I believe it's the Esquire case by Incipio for the LG G6 as well. And so, yeah, I got three cases for it. But the cases that are in my cart, one of them is by a company called Oblique, O-B-L-I-Q. It's a TP, black TPU case. And the thing that struck me about it is it looks really nicely designed. It looks like a pretty quality TPU case, but it's got sort of a grippy grooved grid on the back. And so it's it looks like it not only is it kind of stylish a little bit, but it looks like it actually might be kind of functional as far as the grip of it and I'll put links to all these cases that I'm talking about in the show notes of course and even if you don't have a G6 I think it's worth noting some of the brands of these and to check out the style of the case because you know obviously a lot of time these manufacturers do make cases for lots of devices so there could be one for you so yeah that oblique case looks pretty interesting I have also a Diztronic matte black TPU case in my in the card as well and that's just a basic TPU case that's a little bit slightly slightly different it looks pretty straightforward but the the ridges on the front of the phone or the the lip on the front of the phone that keeps the screen from touching the ground it's just a little bit different it's a little bit thinner as far as the bulk of it and I've actually had the I believe I've had a couple of these these same style Distronic matte black TPU cases. Specifically, I remember that I had one for the HTC 8X. That's the the Windows phone, and I remember really liking it. It was my preferred case on that phone. I I had it on another device. I can't remember which one, but it's one of those I kind of want to just have it in to try because I remember liking it a lot. So. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Again, these are all in my card. I haven't decided if I want all of them or maybe just a couple of them. But anyway, the next one is by Ringkey or Ring K. I don't know how you would pronounce it, but it's R-I-N-G-K-E, all one word. And it's the Air TPU case. So this one is a little bit different than the others. It's not like a matte uh, solid color necessarily. It's got the little bit of the clear look to it. It's the like a smoky smoky clear TPU case but the the interesting thing about this one and I watched actually a video of somebody reviewing this exact case and it has port covers for the charging port and the headphone jack so that's kind of an interesting thing and it's just a basic thin TPU case that adds just enough protection you know to keep it from scratching up and stuff like that And also the other cool thing about it is that it has a lanyard cutout. And so you can actually attach, you know, like if you had a point and shoot camera, one of those little lanyards that you attach to those, you can attach to this case as well. I know some phones actually had this in the past. I know the Lumia 1020 actually has a lanyard hole or cutout on it. So you can attach a lanyard and make it a little easier to hold and so you don't drop it and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of intriguing about this ring key case. And maybe I'll even attach a lanyard to it just to, you know, add a little bit extra, (laughs) extra security when you're carrying the phone around or taking pictures or, you know, that kind of thing. So I I just thought it was a nice little case or it looks like it anyway. So we'll see. But the last case that I have in there, and I've actually talked about this in the past, about wanting to get this, and I think in the last episode or the one before that or something like that, 
is there is I don't know what the brand of it is, but it's a 5000 milliamp hour battery case. So essentially it's a case with a battery and you can plug the phone into it. There's like a little USB type C plug on the case that you take off the front plate, plug the phone into that, rest it into it and then and then snap the the front plate back on. And it's a case with the battery, a huge battery in it to recharge the phone. And so obviously it works. I don't know exactly how the Moto Mod works as far as whether it charges your phone or it's actually like part of the battery, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but I, this one is obviously you have to turn it on and it charges up the phone. So I imagine having this case uh, if you have a long day or you're out somewhere, for example, like at a festival or something, and you can bring put the phone in this case and just carry it around all day. And when your device gets down, you just turn the case on with the battery in it and it will charge up your device and it's supposed to be fast charge. So it's just kind of one of those things to have on hand for days out, long days out where you'll probably be taking a lot of pictures and doing a lot of stuff. So I just thought that would be a good idea to get one of those in. And it's 5000 milliamps, so it can't quite charge the phone two times, but obviously one time and a little bit more. So the the battery in the LG G6 is 3300 milliamps. This is 5000 milliamps. So and I think there's actually an 8000 milliamp our battery case for the LG G6 as well, but that one looks way too bulky to carry around. I just thought the 5000 one actually it's bulky, but it's not ridiculously bulky and you know, it serves a purpose. So the extra bulk obviously can live with that. But so we'll see if I actually can pull the trigger on all that stuff. I believe it adds up to about 65 or $64.07 in my cart. And so I'm just kind of trying to determine if I really want to buy all these cases or kind of maybe pare it down a few. But I thought I'd share that just because some of these are brands that make cases for other devices that you may be interested in. So you can check out the show notes for a link to each of those. And yeah, that we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I can if I can get these cases because I, I don't mind having a bunch of cases. You know, I tend to switch them in and out quite a bit. So not a not a big deal to to have a bunch on hand you know i don't have i don't collect a lot of things so having a bunch of cases and accessories for my phone is kind of the route that i don't mind going either way check out the show notes for all those links okay so the last note for this week before i go into just one main topic that i'll talk about and honestly all of these feel like they could go into <laughs> just the general notes section but either way the last note that I have in my show notes here anyway, is that I actually found a really good tip for getting good panning shots with a camera that's mounted on a tripod. And so the reason that I was looking into this, because for work, I've been shooting a bit more video with that, that Canon DSLR camera that we have. So, you know, I'm trying to learn different things and, you know, different methods and stuff like that. Not all at once, but over time, as we need a certain type of shot, I've been, you know, researching it a little bit. And this one I was really happy to find because we, I, I tend to have to do a lot of, you know, panning shots of the, the, you know, inside of a, one of the rooms at the, at our company. And so, 
what I was doing was just I had the camera on the tripod and the the handle on the top and you know the the head of the tripod can rotate you can you know loosen the tension on it so you can rotate it and so I would just move it with my hand but the the shots were not <laughs> very good uh, panning across with my hand it was a bit shaky and jerky and and stuff like that so I, I was looking at solutions for this and of course, there's lots of actual equipment for getting a good, a smooth pan shot, you know, and, and, and on rollers and, and different expensive equipment that you can buy for that. But I was looking for something to improve the, the way that I did it with the tripod. And I actually found a good, a really good tip, a really good, simple tip, cheap, <laughs> super cheap, probably don't have to spend any money if you have a rubber band. And so basically you take the rubber band and you kind of hook it onto the handle of the tripod that that moves the head of the tripod with the camera on it. And you pull the handle with the rubber band. And I saw this in a video. I'll try and find the video and put a link to that in the show notes. But basically the tension of the band of the rubber band helps to kind of steady the movement of the camera. And so in these videos, though, because I, I, I started testing it out right away and it was like noticeably better. So I had, you know, I had rubber bands sitting around and I started, you know, testing here in my home office with the, the camera on the tripod. And yeah, it was noticeably better. The one thing that they didn't mention in the video that I kind of discovered, too, was usually I do like a slow panning shot of like one of the work, the, the tech rooms at, at the company that I work at. Basically, they're rebuilding stuff in this in the tech room. And so a lot of the shots are slow pans, which is part of why they're so bad when you do them by hand. But if you actually tighten the tension of the the amount that the head can turn on the tripod, and then use the rubber band to kind of more for have to more forcefully pull the rubber band to get the head to move, you get a nice, much more smooth sh uh, pan shot that with uh, like more consistent as far as the the rate that the the camera pans. And so it was just a nice quick tip to to be able to improve shots like that with the equipment that I already had, because we're not, you know, <laughs> we're not investing a ton of money into like our video productions, you know, we were, we're trying to get some messages across with, you know, not having to bring in an outside, you know, studio to do it. So we're not doing crazy professional productions necessarily. And this tip actually really, really helps with that specific type of shot. And I'm, I'll definitely be trying it and using it when we start shooting other videos. So, uh, and this isn't perfect, you know, it's not the perfect solution to this, but it's drastically improves those panning shots and that they're not as shaky or jumpy uh, compared to the, the handheld or the, the hand controlled panning shot on the tripod. So I, th I just thought I would share that tip in case anybody's looking to do any sort of video work like that. Cause you know, you don't necessarily need to do it with the DSLR. I know you can mount your camera or your phone phone camera or just your whole phone that is on the tripod and kind of shoot video with that as well so you know i thought it was kind of interesting and really nice little tip and i did notice that the, when you first start pulling and near the end it's a little bit of jerkiness so i would definitely overcompensate and start the camera further out of the the shot than than you need 
if you're panning from left to right, turn it a little bit further left when you start and then keep pulling after you're done with the shot just to make sure you get the smoothness in the middle of the video. But yeah, I thought I would share that. It's my last note for the week. And if anybody else has any good tips, uh, cheap good tips for shooting video, getting different types of shot, I've been looking at YouTube quite a bit to see what people do, you know, because we don't have a huge budget. So we have to make things work as with what we have. And so this was the perfect way to help to improve the videos that we're that we're taking. So again, in the show notes, I'll try and put a link to a video that kind of shows more what I'm talking about. But and it's, you know, it's a little bit of trial and error as well. But uh, overall, a good tip. If anybody's like I said, if anybody else has any good, cheap and kind of innovative tips like that, I don't know if innovative is the right word. But if you have any other tips for shooting video, feel free to shoot them over to me and I'll try and look at them and maybe read them off on the next episode. So, all right, so let's jump into the one main topic that I have for this week. It's kind of one of those things that I do every day and I thought I would share it. So it is, I just want to go over what I do as far as online rewards programs. And basically right now I'm only doing (laughs) Microsoft rewards. And so essentially what I'm talking about is, you know, different programs and things online where you can gather, you know, you gather up points or actual money and then you can cash it out in some way. And so I basically only as of now am doing Microsoft rewards. And so basically what Microsoft rewards is, is if you don't know, is you get points for your searches on Bing. Uh, There's different daily activities that you can participate in and different bonuses and stuff. It's like a little game to gather up points and then cash those points in for things like uh, gift cards and they have different sweepstakes entries and uh, donations. You can actually donate your points and they'll turn that into cash into a donation. So and this is all through Microsoft. So I think the biggest thing about this, I think I could be wrong, but I think it was called Bing Rewards at one point. So this is all based on Microsoft and Bing, the search engine Bing. I've actually been doing this for quite a while, uh, for many years. Uh, There was a time where I actually took off quite a bit of time from it. I don't know if 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 anybody remembers, but I think a few years ago, a couple years ago, Microsoft changed the point system for this, for their rewards system. They changed it and it kind of put me off a little bit because I assumed that they were changing it because they didn't want to, <laughs> they wanted to make it take longer to actually get these rewards. But that's also kind of my <laughs> the idea. I think a, a lot of reward systems, when they do change, they what what usually happens and what Microsoft did in this case was you used to get hundreds of points to redeem. You, you would need hundreds of points to redeem a reward and to 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 get something, you know, and so then they changed the point system to where you need thousands. But obviously the, you know, the way that you get points is you get more points at once. And so it made it (laughs) basically it makes it seem like you're getting, wow, I'm getting thousands of points now. You know, this, this is way better than the other system, but obviously the points for the rewards went way up too. So it's one of those, I know there's a gap in there between what a point one point was before and what it is now, you know, whether it's 75% of what it was before or 50% or whatever. 
But either way, when they did that, I got kind of put off and I didn't really felt like, ah, it's going to take forever, you know? And so I kind of didn't do it for a while, but in the last year or so, I've gotten back into the Microsoft Rewards program just because it's, it's super simple and super easy to do. I know there's a lot of different things like this out there, but I'm talking specifically about the only one that I do right now, which, which is Microsoft Rewards. So Basically, every day I go into the my Microsoft Rewards account and there's a few different activities, like two or three, usually three activities that you take that you can participate in to get points. And usually one of them is like a daily poll. One of them is a like a, a quiz of some kind. And then there's like one that just takes you to like some sort of search result about a specific topic. And basically, Microsoft does this to drive up Bing's <laughs> traffic and search results and, and stuff like that, which it's kind of an ingenious way to do it. And they and here's the thing, too, is that Microsoft has actually made this kind of fun, you know, like they've they've designed it really well. They've made it like an, a fun activity, you know, and, and like all the quizzes and stuff that you take, there's usually you know, three to five questions in each one of them. And you don't have to, you get, you know, multiple chances to get each question right. Or basically you you keep clicking until you get it right kind of a thing. It's actually quite fun to participate in these little things. And then your points add up over time. And I would say if you do the bare minimum of just those activities, you know, you could get a reward in a, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know how long, maybe a month or two you can get a reward, which would be like a, you know, you could get like a $5 Amazon card or something like that. But like I said, it doesn't feel so much like work. Uh, the other thing that I've been doing lately, too, is I've changed Bing to my default search engine in Firefox. So most of my searches now go through Bing. And for each of those search results or search queries that I do, you get I you get points for those. And so that helps to build up your score. And so Bing usually takes care of most of the stuff that I need as far as a search engine goes. But I do, you know, I do have to jump back to Google every once in a while to kind of get into something a little bit more. If I can't find, you know, something that's a little bit more niche, I tend to go back to Google for that. And, and that's fine because that, you know, it's, it's, Bing does the the job that I need about 90% of the time. So about 10% of the time I go back to Google. And yeah, like I said, I like the, the daily activities. I've set my homepage to the Bing homepage. Uh, and I actually really like the, the Bing homepage. Uh, not necessarily for, because you can search with Bing on it. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about Binging something. But either way, the, you know, the, the wallpaper or the the photograph that they use on the Bing homepage is usually pretty interesting. And it's kind of strange because I actually found an app called Daily Pick. And this is for Android. And I think it's actually on Windows Mobile too, Windows 10 Mobile. It's called Daily Pick. And basically it will, it's like a brings in a feed of all of, of the daily Bing wallpaper. And it will set it as your background automatically on Android. And I think the Microsoft Launcher does this too. But I don't really use, or I haven't been using the Microsoft Launcher. So this is kind of a standalone app from that. And yeah, in Daily Pick, you can set your lock screen or your home screen or both. And also you can save the photos every day uh, to like a gallery on your on your phone. 
and also you can view the regional photos. So what I mean by that is that Bing doesn't necessarily put out the same daily pick to every region in the world. And so there's a section in this daily pick app where you can view all of the images that are put out for each region. Now, a lot of them use the same photo, but a lot of times there's actually a different photo. And they're all really incredible photos where it's it's like I would never I would never take it. I'd never be able to take one of these photos, <laughs> mostly because they're in crazy parts of the world. And or at least as far as altitude goes, usually. But yeah, so it's a really great. I'll put a link to that daily pick app in the show notes if you want to check that out. You can just have it. You don't have it have to have it set your wallpaper. You can just have it to to browse. I like browsing the regional photos, the Bing photos, so or the daily photo. And I can actually see that there's quite a bit of different photos for all the regions this week. Usually it's almost most of the time I notice that there's usually only one other region in the world that has a different photo. But today, which is like I said, January 9th, there's actually quite a few different ones. But either way, I really like <laughs> I like doing all of the Microsoft Award stuff. So it's the only thing that I do right now. I just you know, as far as time consuming stuff like surveys, I, I used to do a lot of surveys. There was a, a website that I w- would work or go through to do a bunch of, you know, like product surveys and stuff like that and build up the points. And you could actually get gift cards pretty quickly, like every few days with that site. But there was a it was a lot. The surveys were really long. <laughs> yeah, they were they were just it wasn't worth the time that I was putting into it to to get those to get the the gift certificates. And then you could only max out after a certain point. And, and then a lot of the surveys you don't qualify for. There's like qualifying questions. And it's just, you know, it's a lot of time and effort for not very much payoff. So I like doing the Microsoft rewards because it's actually kind of fun. And I don't really see it too much as having to spend my time doing it. So and because it is slightly, you know, gamified, you know, there's incentives to come back every day to get, you know, day streaks like you can you get a, a, a bundle of points if you, you know, if you're on there for if you you log and log on and do every single activity for 12 days straight, you get, you know, so many points. And then I don't know beyond that. That's the furthest I've gotten. Sometimes I forget to to do it. But The only other one, the only other rewards thing that I've thought about, and I've heard this talked about on the various uh, various podcasts is the the Google surveys, where it's basically one question um, and you get, you know, like a few pennies or something like that for each one. But it's very quick and easy and it can add up for you. But if you've had any experience with the Google survey thing, let me know how that how that is. (laughs) I'd be curious to know if it would be worth my time to do or if. Anybody out there who's gathered up a bunch of cash for that in that app or whatever it is? What you, and what exactly is it? I guess I, I don't know if it's an app or what if it's on top of something. I don't know. Probably should have looked into that. But <laughs> either way, reach out and let me know your experience with that. Um, or if there's any other super easy survey things like that. I don't know if I want to invest too much time in those, but I just wanted to go over the fact that I am using Microsoft Rewards and. And yeah, that's really been my my favorite over the years. Like I said, those other other survey sites are 
far too time consuming. I think people <laughs> underestimate the the amount of time to get some of these rewards, but I feel like the Microsoft one, at least at the very least, it doesn't feel like work. You know, it's uh, Bing is actually not too bad. It's a lot. It's it's kind of fun to use and usually gets the job done. And I think it's kind of funny that <laughs> the video section of Bing is basically just pulling everything from YouTube, <laughs> which fair enough. I mean, that's that's you know, that's where all the video content is online usually. But yeah, that's my, my experience with rewards programs. Again, let me know what if there's anything you do and anything that maybe I should be aware of or you just want to share and I can share on the next episode too. So anyway, all right, so let's wrap things up. I have been thinking that maybe I want to keep these episodes to 45 minutes <laughs> if I can or around that to around 45 minutes. I think an hour has is a little bit too much for me. And a half hour, maybe not enough. So I figure 45 minutes, let's shoot for that. I, I kind of have been all over the place with the time of these. I'm sorry if that annoys you. <laughs> to me, honestly, a podcast length doesn't really bother me. Uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about whether somebody's recorded, you know, over an hour or under an hour. Basically, just let the let it be what it is, but I still, I can understand wanting to shoot for a certain time limit. So mine's going to be 45 minutes because like, because of the reasons I just said, but either way, thank you for tuning in as always and visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links. If you want to follow along or leave some feedback, there's also, oh, there's a form on the website, an email form. If you don't want to necessarily open your email app and hit compose and then type in steve at pixelswim.com you can go to pixelswim.com slash contact or just go to pixelswim.com find the contact link and there is a web form on there if you want to shoot an email from there and and just know that if you don't put your email address in the email field that i won't be able to respond to it so Again, always appreciated everybody tuning in for episode 51, almost at a year of uh, episode 52 next week. Like I said, I'm trying to maybe put together a little something special as far, you know, maybe not the whole show, but although they're all specials. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, have a great afternoon or evening or morning or breakfast or lunch or dinner or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. <laughs>